630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid just bulldozed Richardson and got the puck out to Oscar Kleppbaum. Shimmies his way to the left-hand side. Kleppbaum, beautiful move on Grabner. Heading for the net centers. McDavid, shot, score! Connor McDavid wins the game for Edmonton. 3-2 in overtime. Connor McDavid with two goals tonight, up to 36 on the season. He also added an assist as the Edmonton Oilers get past the Arizona Coyotes 3-2 in OT. Matt Benning, the other goal for the Oilers, he has scored in three straight. Alex Galchenyuk had both goals for Arizona. Miko Koskinen, the winning goaltender with 28 saves. Leon Dreisaitl gets an assist tonight. He's up to 90 points. And he won 18 out of 28 faceoffs. Quick summary to get you going on overtime open line, courtesy Canadian Brewhouse, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. So the Oilers go to 32, 32, and 7 on the season. Their playoff hopes, there's no other way to put it, are still very, very dim. They make up one point tonight. They're seven behind the Coyotes for the final position in the West, but they have gone 8, 3, and 2 in their last 13. Well, we'll start with the star player, McDavid. David opened the scoring with a brilliant shorthanded goal and then watching the replay of the overtime winner that was a pretty brilliant play in itself a little harder to pick up what he did till we saw the closer angle but two great goals by McDavid well it, it was a nice play by Clefbaum finding McDavid out in front but Clefbaum had to pass it between two forwards so he put it in an area that McDavid could fight for it and McDavid simply kicked the puck a, a bouncing puck up from foot to to stick and all in one motion threw it on net and we've talked many times about the fact that you want to get shots quick and it doesn't have to be hard just get them quick on a goaltender don't allow them time to set up and that's what McDavid did there uh, it was an important two points the Oilers needed uh, they needed simply to stay at pace as the other teams in their conference that, that are they're racing with got points tonight too you would love to have had two points to zero against Arizona it wasn't to be but they still feel good about themselves. This is an important road trip. Hitch says they want to win two out of three. Well, they got the first and most important one, and now they're off to Vegas. McDavid's shorthanded goal, 338 into the game. Chase on with the assist, and he just blew by Ekman Larson. Well, and that's what we were talking about, you and I off air. It wasn't like he blew by a number five, six, or seven defenseman. He flew, flew by the star uh, of the Arizona Coyotes, and Ekman Larson is not... Uh, slow-footed. He doesn't have lead feet. He he can he can skate, and he had absolutely zero chance on that. It was a nice play by McDavid with his speed. He used his body pr- to protect the puck, and then just a nice nifty little lift of the puck over the glove of Kemper, and uh, an important goal for the Oilers at that point too, because their penalty killing has been um, dreadful for the last two years. But they score a huge shorthanded goal. What? Take me through the move Clefbaum made along the along the boards in overtime to free up a little space to make the pass to McDavid. Well, it it, it was a move that is also due to the fact that McDavid is on the ice. 
So he's got the puck on the boards, and it looks like he's turning back. And I think it was Grabner was the player on him, who's a very, he's probably the quickest player on the, or one of the quickest players on the Coyotes. Grabner, when he, he saw Clefbaum make the little move, Grabner took a look into the middle because he wanted to know where McDavid was. He thought that Clefbaum was going back towards his own goal, so it allowed him time to take a look to see where everyone was situated. But Clefbaum eventually, or quickly turned back and went down low. So now he had a step on Grabner, and the step allowed him to make the play out to McDavid. It was a little juke move, kind of through his shoulders, pretending he's going one way, turns the other. He caught Grabner off guard and because of that uh, it freed them into a partial two-on-one and if you have a partial two-on-one with Connor McDavid uh, it seems unfair and huge play by Oscar Kleppbaum the whole play though uh, and it's too bad because Darcy Kemper played a whale of a game for Arizona he had the puck on his stick and a very ill-advised pass up the middle of the ice to Dreisaitl you just gave the Edmonton Oilers best players possession of the puck again and the Oilers made him pay. 3-2 the Oilers win it in overtime. McDavid two goals he's up to 36 on the season whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South downtown Northside and Sherwood Park and the Goal Light allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Leon Dreisaitl, I mentioned he gets to 90 points and he took 28 face-offs tonight. Uh, there were a total of 57 face-offs in the game. So he took one under half of them for the Edmonton Oilers and he went 18 and 10 for 64%. Well, it's funny, you look at Arizona, their top guy took 15. So he took twice as many face-offs as the top guy on the Coyotes. And not only did he take them, he won them. And he won important ones. When you're killing penalties and the Oilers had to kill a penalty late in the game, uh, I, I think Leon had two, possibly three face-offs on that play, on that penalty, and, and won all three of them, including having to go to his offside. And it's very hard winning a puck back forehand. Uh, the Oilers didn't have Brodziak, didn't have the right-handed centerman in the lineup tonight, so Leon was forced to, to take the big ones. Uh, he plays hard minutes. You know, he's, he, tonight he was, what you say, 26, almost 27 minutes tonight. And they're not easy minutes. He's playing, he's taking big face-offs, he's penalty killing, he's power play. It's, it was a good night for Leon Dreisaitl and a quieter night offensively. But some of the things that he did defensively were the reason the Oilers won this hockey game. So 3-2 in overtime. I mentioned off the top, the playoff picture is, is still pretty bleak as the Oilers have 11 games to go. They're seven points out of a playoff spot. And here's, I guess we'll explain why. Because, you know, some people, Rob, have thought we've been a little pessimistic about it. But I think we've just been being realistic. Mm -hmm. Here's how it's broken down. Since February 19th, and that was the day the Oilers hosted Arizona, and McDavid was a late scratch because he was sick. The Oilers lost in a shootout. Since then, the, including that game, the Oilers have gone 8-3-2 and two in 13 games. That's pretty good. That's Excellent. a pretty good 13-game stretch. And what's, this, what's the winning percentage on that? Uh, almost 700. Almost, right. which would, what you worked it out earlier. It's that like would be 113 points. 113 point season, which yeah. is Tampa Bay Lightning. So they are Tampa Bay Lightning good in the last 13 games. And they're still, and they're still seven points out of a playoff spot. The morning of February 19th, they were seven points out, and they'll wake up tomorrow morning seven points out despite going 8-3-2. Uh, and two. Now, the team that has the playoff spot has changed. Minnesota's had it. But even against Minnesota, they've only made up two points. Well, and over, that's why... Over, over almost a month of pretty good results. Uh, very good results. Not pretty, like very good results. But that's where you and I have continued to talk about the fact that it's not 
you're not chasing points right now. You're chasing too many teams. And when you are six or seven teams behind everyone and you play really well, you're going to pass some teams. But there, every time two teams lose, well, there's two teams that are winning, and that's what the Oilers just ran into is uh, they, uh, they've leapfrogged over top of Vancouver. They've put difference between them and Anaheim and L.A. They've made up points on Colorado, on Minnesota. But when you have that many teams you got to jump over, it just makes it next to impossible. So as good as the Oilers have been, they've made zero points up in the standings, and that's hard. Having said that, there's still belief. There will be a lot more belief in the Oilers dressing room and here in Oilers Nation if they can go into Vegas tomorrow and steal the two points out of that rink. Well, again, one of the themes for this season has been home play versus road play. They boost their road record to 16-15-5 on the year. Which is uh, above 500 is good. Not bad. Not not bad. And uh, they're below 500 at home. They they have an outright bad home record Mm -hmm. in my mind. They have one of the bottom four home records in the league. They've won four straight on the road. If you go back to the the end of the five-game road trip so you know again they're they really are i mean look they're not a great team we've talked nope. we've talked about the flaws all season long but they do better things on the road and the the games are generally closer on the road even some of the ones where it hasn't gone their way and usually when they have a stinker it's been at home ice and there's been a few at rogers place this year but the the road record has been you know like i said pretty good it, it, pretty solid road team for the most part well, in all honesty, at the beginning of the season, if you would have said, okay, the Oilers are going to be above 500 at on the road this year, you would have said, oh, they're going to be a playoff team then. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, the home record has let them down. Uh, the good thing is the next two games are on the road, and uh, they're against two very good teams. Uh, St. Louis and Vegas are, are, are very good hockey clubs. St. Louis won today against Pittsburgh, beat them up pretty good. Uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. But if the Oilers get the goaltending like they did tonight at a Koskinen, it gives them a chance. When McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing like the way they played over the last, well, more or less through the whole season, but the last month they've been exceptional, it gives them a chance. And tonight, the rest of the team battled. Uh, they're not asking for a whole lot of those guys. Not, you're not even asking for, I, I don't, honestly, I don't think Hitch is asking for points out of any of those guys. We don't need goals out of you. We're gonna, if, we get, if we keep the other team to two between Dreisaitl and, and, and McDavid, we will find uh, at least two goals to get us into overtime and we like our chances in overtime. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Yari Curry now tied for the Oilers franchise lead in regular season overtime goals. They all have seven. I would expect McDavid and Dreisaitl to eventually be the <laughs> record holders and continue to build on that. 3-2 Edmonton wins tonight with McDavid scoring in overtime. We'll get to your calls in a second. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. We have a uh, text here from Alex who says, Hey guys, just wondering how much did Gambardella play tonight and what does it say about Brodziak's future that he was scratched okay Gambardella played six minutes six ten and I think that's a valid question about Brodziak who is under contract for next year we've seen him be scratched off and on under hitch uh yeah well it'll be interesting too depends on who coaches next year um if Ken Hitchcock was the coach well guys like Raddy and Brodziak and certain players probably are not going to find themselves around uh, a different coach is going to come in, maybe find something in a, a Brodziak, the veteran leadership. But in the most important game that the Oilers have played all season long, and there has not been a game bigger than this one. Mm-hmm. This was a must two-point win. Kyle Brodziak wasn't in the lineup. That says something about uh, the trust factor that uh, is there right now for him. Um, 
they yeah, I, I like Kyle and I I think he can add things to this team uh, but again if he's only going to play five six minutes a night and that's what the fourth line played tonight it's just look for something different in the lineup all right, we'll get to your phone calls in a second, but let's go back to Gila River Arena. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Here's Ken Hitchcock. Uh, the team's performance from continually getting the lead. I know you guys had two separate leads before that uh, final OT marker. In the- yeah, I, I thought we, we battled really hard today. It was a hard game. Uh, obviously, uh, Arizona doesn't give up much, especially with the back end they got going right now. They got a really good back end going right now, and they don't give you much. You got to go and earn it. Uh, I thought when we scored our second goal, if we could have built some more minutes, I think we could have. We were starting to take control of the hockey game. But but then when we gave it back right away, it was up for grabs. I thought we played a great third period, and we asked a lot of Connor and uh, and Leon, and and they delivered. They they deliver most nights, and they really delivered tonight. So it's, I was really proud of our effort today. It was it was a hard game against a very significant opponent. What was the sense uh, of the players on the bench uh, after the first period where the team couldn't get too much going offensively? I don't think we were worried about that. We knew we knew how emotional every, every game against these guys is really emotional. We knew it was going to be like that. And we, we've watched them play the last couple of home games and they've really put their foot down on teams. So I, I like I said, I was really proud of our effort tonight. And, uh, so two, first two wins, first two points. So in the bag so that you guys got to get yeah well I, I said going on the road trip we, we have to win two or three to come back from this yeah, thing especially against the team that you are definitely chasing yeah we're chasing these guys and a number of teams but but we've we have such a an extended homestand when we come back and to make it significant we, we've we, we had to we have to win two or three of this road trip and so one of these next two games and we're just going to take it one day at a time but we just got to keep going right now, and this is a great start for us right now. Well, it was a typical Connor game. Like he wasn't going to be denied, and and Leon was the same. Those two guys, like I said, Jim, we we asked so much of them. We asked them to do everything. I thought they were terrific, uh, killing penalties, taking faceoffs. I think between the two of them, they probably took close to 50 faceoffs. Um, we ask a lot. We ask a lot of those top three guys, and and obviously tonight they deliver. All right, there's Hitch. The Oilers pull it out in overtime, 3-2 against the Arizona Coyotes. A uh, few people texting in various questions. I'll just kind of lump everything into one theme here, Rob, about the, how do you evaluate the special teams tonight because the Oilers' power play did not score. It went 0-3, did not look great at times. The power play, uh, they kill off four of the five Arizona penalties, which actually 80% is pretty good. good for where the Oilers have been and score a shorthanded goal. Though, like we talked about after the first intermission, they gave up yet another power play goal late in the period. Uh, I, I still give uh, their penalty killing uh, kudos tonight. and they, they had to kill a penalty late in the hockey game, uh, and it was a must kill. If they give up a goal there, they're not going to be able to squeak out a point or let alone two so I thought their penalty killing was good they were even on it one goal for one goal against power play wasn't good enough and it needs to be Uh, this is a team right now that doesn't score a lot of five on five goals and it certainly doesn't score any five on five goals it doesn't have a McDavid or a dry settle in on so their power play needs to be effective 
uh, and it wasn't as good tonight. I can tell you you're going to need it against Vegas, and you're certainly going to need it against St. Louis. And then I think right away they play Columbus back here on home ice. Those are good hockey clubs, and they are much better five-on-five than the Arizona Coyotes, so they're going to need their power play to be going. Yeah, that'll be our adjustment of the game. Looking ahead for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Okay, we have Douglas on the open line. Hey, Douglas, thanks a lot for calling. How are you doing tonight? Quite well. Yeah, I like all your analytics and everything, and I just got home in time to uh, watch the overtime, and I I knew when McDavid had his sweater tucked into his pants like Gretzky used to do. He was going to score. That's that's it, a that's a good catch. Yeah, good point. It is. I mean, if you watch, I mean, I used to go to the games. I know Gretzky and McDavid I haven't met, but he had a sweater tucked into his pants. And I knew he was going to score. Yeah, well, he made quite a play. He kicked it up to his skate, and then if you saw the replay, he wristed it just as it hit the ice. That was a pretty impressive play, too. Exactly. And he knew it. I don't know if he was scratching his butt or what, but he knew it was time to <laughs> score. Right on, Douglas. Thanks, man. Okay, thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. McDavid in overtime, up to thirty six on the season as uh, Edmonton beats Arizona three two in overtime. The Coyotes' record thirty six thirty and eight, and in their last eighteen games, they've gone thirteen four and one. They they played well. Uh, I'm. They're missing a couple of good players, uh, Stepan and uh, Schmoltz. Is it Sh- Sh- Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Yeah, Schmaltz. Both of them are out of the lineup, but even still up front, they, they're a quick team. They're very uh, f- fast and aggressive on the forecheck. Uh, back pressure's good. It's just a hard-working team, and they they play to their strengths. They don't try to trade chances with you. That's not uh, how they're going to win hockey games. They clog up the middle. One, this is one of the more physical teams that I've seen on Connor especially Richardson. Every chance he had to finish a check, he did. Uh, you can see how they've moved up in the standings. Just They simply outwork the other teams. They're in the, the, the same group as all these other teams. They're, uh, they're, ne- they're in every game. Uh, they're not going to knock, uh, other than Anaheim the other night, they're not going to blow you out. They're just going to keep it close. Their goalie plays well. Uh, they, they score by numbers. As what is it? Eleven guys have got ten yeah, goals that's on right. it. Yeah. So that like every line seems to have someone that's got ten goals on it. So it's it's a team that just keeps pressuring and pressuring, and pressuring, and they 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 have really adopted their the co- to the coaching uh, of Rick Tockett. He he was a guy that just was relentless, and that's the way they seem to play as well. And Kemper's having a lights out season. Yeah, and he was very good. I mean, he made made a mistake in, in overtime moving the puck, but when it came to saving the puck, he was he was excellent. And he's going to have to be going forward. Arizona again doesn't have an easy schedule to to finish the season. They go to Florida for two games, which won't be easy. And they have a they're about to start a four game uh, road trip, which will be. I mean, it, it'll define their season as well. So uh, the Oilers have got two big road games left on this road trip, and uh, if they can steal another two points, again, it gives them life. 3-2, the Oilers win in overtime against the Arizona Coyotes. We have Robert on line two. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Well, I think uh, I think, uh, I think if, the, if the Oilers somehow in a perfect world win win all three games on this road trip they could they could uh, they could potentially come home three points out of a playoff spot who's looking as uh, as Arizona plays plays uh, Tampa next and that's not a, that's a, that's a, that's not an easy feat for anybody 
No, but the other thing is, too, that Colorado still could win their games. Minnesota could win their games. And that's the problem for the for the Oilers right now is they're winning games, and they have caught a little bit up on Minnesota, but someone else passed Minnesota. Minnesota won today. Colorado has a winnable game tomorrow, so the Oilers still have to continue to win, but there there's a lot of teams between them and where they're trying to get to. Yeah, now... Now I think I think on how on how Hitch is saying that they need to win two out of three. I think if the, I think if they win two out of three, they they could they could still be in it. But but personally, in my opinion, I think I think if they want to make as uh, if they want to make this uh, this uh, upcoming five game homestand mean something, I. I think they need to go uh, three for three on this road trip. Well, the problem with the coach coming out and saying you got to win three for three out of three is if you don't. Yeah, and, and it's you, deflating. It's very deflating. And they're going in into Arizona, which is one of the hottest teams in the league, into Vegas, which has been one of the hottest teams in the league, and into St. Louis, which has been one of the hottest teams <laughs> in the right. league. So if you tell your team we need to win three out of three and you win two out of three uh, and you come home deflated, and you're starting these games on home, you're just starting behind the eight ball. So I think it was very smart of him saying, you know what, we want to win two out of three because that's more realistic and it gives you some belief. And I think right now the others are just, they're, they're on the fumes of belief. They believe that they can somehow make this playoff still, even if all the odds say that they're not going to. So I think it was smart on Hitch going two of three. Yeah, thanks, Robert. But, I mean, a good point. I mean, they have to win minimum two of three on this road mm-hmm. trip but well, but again like i said earlier the 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 problem is the home ice play i mean you would think a five game homestand in late march is exactly what you would want on your schedule regardless of what positioning you're mm-hmm. fighting for if they were fighting for second or third or first you'd think that's great but the but again the problem is they have yet to i mean go back to the homestands to the middle of december they've yet to take advantage of a of a stretch of games on home ice, even this last homestand, mm-hmm. two and two, not not good enough. Two and two against, I mean, and it wasn't and they lost to Jersey. Yeah, it wasn't like they were losing. They're playing the four best teams in the leagues. Uh, it, it it is a long shot. It's it's a huge long shot, but they keep keeping it interesting for all the fans to believe in the morning when they wake up. Oh yeah, like they're not going. That's what I've been saying. They're not really in it, but they're not going away. Yeah. So I mean, well, if they would have lost tonight in regulation, the season was well, over. Yeah. Then you can really forget about yes, it. Yes, but they they keep it alive. Robert is going to finish the play, Robert. So just stay on hold so you can hear the clue. We're already going to give you an eight day parking pass at EIA courtesy Jetset Parking. That's the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at JetsetParking.com. Self park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code Ched. And if you're right, you get a one hour rental. At Fast Track, or you're into the grand prize draw, pardon me, for a one-hour rental, Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Play the uh, entire sequence here, Patrick. Wonder about the ice, Bob. We've seen now. Cliff Bomb fell down, and Garland might have a breakaway. Cuts to his right. Okay, so that is a chance for uh, Connor Garland, Robert. And earlier in the season... You may remember Connor Garland scored a goal against the Oilers at Rogers Place off what part of his body? Was it his butt or his face? His face. You remember that play, eh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah, I mean you can't I mean uh, I mean those are the ones you don't forget when a puck goes in off a guy's face. Robert, stay on the line. Patrick will take down your info as the Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Matt Benning has scored in three consecutive games. Here he is. 
very important victory for this club. Uh, just maybe take us through tonight's game. I know you guys didn't get the start you wanted with four shots in the first, but you guys ultimately ended up securing the two points. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of uh, energy today, and uh, both teams played hard. And, uh, uh, it's a, that's a tough road win. Uh, the ice wasn't great out there. I thought that uh, we needed to work, and, and uh, the, the, the winning goal was kind of fitting of what kind of uh, style we wanted to play. Uh, goals in three straight games for you is uh, this probably one of the most comfortable times you've played out on the ice? I mean, it's just putting yourself in right spots, and there's good players around, uh, especially on our team, and uh, just putting myself in right spot to shoot. And um, I mean, they, um, most of the goals that I've scored, uh, the other forwards or defensemen have done all the work, and I've just put myself in a good spot to shoot. How quickly of, uh, of a mindset is turned into tomorrow now against the Vegas Golden Knights because you guys are playing right away here? Yeah, I think that. Uh, uh, we're already focusing on Vegas now, and uh, I think that uh, they're they're a good team. They've they've won five or five or six straight. So, all right, that is Matt Benning, who absolutely ripped that one home in the second period. Oh, you know, he's got a bomb. We saw that in when he's done the skills contest with uh, the hardest shot, and that was just perfect. He he stopped the puck, he got it set up, and put it right in his sweet spot, and then. Uh, blew it by Kemper. Uh, he, he's been playing well, and it's not just the offense with three goals in three games. He's been playing well defensively, so he gives uh, Ken Hitchcock and, and the coaching staff options on the back end. They have three pairings that they know that they can throw out there and feel very comfortable with. All right, a lot of scores to pass your way, courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your new used trailer. Head to EdmontonTrailer.com. NHL action tonight. The Predators beat the Sharks 4-2. The Wild knock off the Rangers 5-2. Hurricanes get by the Sabres 4-2. Tampa Bay over Washington 6-3. The Leafs Unable to come back tonight. They did not fulfill my prediction when they were down 4-5-1. or five, one. They lose 6-2 to Ottawa. And they've given up 6, 12, 17 goals in their last three games. Honestly, ever since the Oilers got those two late ones. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I know they still... But I know, yeah, but... and, and I'm pretty sure Anderson has started at least two of those three games, if not all three. Blackhawks, big win for them, 2-0 in Montreal. Bruins over the Blue Jackets, 2-1 in overtime. Winnipeg hanging on to beat Calgary, 2-1. Florida beats Los Angeles, 4-3. Detroit wins at home, 2-1 against the Islanders. And the Blues go into Pittsburgh and get a 5-1 win. Big night for the Bakersfield Condors. The Oilers farm team winning 7-zip over Ontario. So another good night in net for Shane Sterrett. He gets the shutout. Now, the stats have obviously not uh, been updated because it says he only made seven saves. So I'm going to assume that... It's a quiet uh, night for him. <laughs> I'm going to assume they didn't... Uh, well, in that 23, case... 23, there we go. Because well, if it was seven shots, he actually, if he made zero saves, he would have got a point. Got a point. Yeah. Ethan Bear, two goals and two assists. So a good night for him. Tyler Benson, a goal and three assists. Oh, good for Tyler. Well, you know, he's a guy that uh, hopefully we'll see a little more of next season. You know what's interesting about the whole playoff race, too, is the Oilers are chasing all these teams... And all these teams are hoping for the Oilers to win tonight. So they can get closer. So to they get close to yeah, Arizona. So it's kind of, so the, the Oilers are trying to catch Chicago and Colorado and Minnesota, and that's who they're trying to get up to next. But all those teams are cheering for Edmonton tonight. So that's what's so fun about this this year. The Oilers are seven out still, or, but there is a playoff race, and everyone's interested in what's going on all around the National Hockey League as the Oilers try to track down the Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche and the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a good point. Oil Kings won 6-1 over Calgary. They finished first in their division. They still have another game tomorrow at Calgary. 
and they will play Medicine Hat in the playoffs starting next Saturday and Sunday at Rogers Place. You can go to oilkings.ca for the full schedule and ticketing info. And the good thing about that, having clinched and playing on the road, they can rest some of their star players and get them ready for the playoffs. U of A will play UNB in the national final tomorrow. UNB 9-1 over St. FX earlier today. Golden Bears, three goals in the third period to beat the Saskatchewan Huskies. And what is our TV going to be on as we prepare tomorrow night for the Vegas-Edmonton yeah, game? Yeah, 6 o'clock game, so we can watch Absolutely. most of the uh, Bears and uh, and UNB. Uh, Huskies uh, gooned it up at the end of the game. A Bear player did get a fighting misconduct or a fighting penalty on a misconduct, but he will not be suspended because the Husky player got the instigator. It was uh, Sawyer Lang, so... He finally defended himself after taking a few blows to the head. Uh, and good on him and good on the league to know that self-defense should not allow you to be suspended. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Michael. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Good. Uh, just a quick uh, comment here. You guys probably heard this a couple of times already tonight. Um, I mean, how much bigger would it have been if we would have beat the Devils and then we beat... To, I mean, to me, it's four points because it is against a team that we are chasing. What, like, what is your thoughts on that? Well, this was more important than the Devils game. It's not even close. Is the Devils game hurt? Yes, but I bet you if we go through every team that the Oilers are chasing, you will find three or four games that they lost to teams that they should have beat. That's why these teams are where they are in the standings, because they are not consistent enough at winning the games that they should win all season long. The Oilers on home ice against Jersey, that was not a good night. But Arizona and Chicago and Minnesota and Colorado have all lost games that they should have won as well. So yeah, this is the the reason all these teams are where they are right now is they don't win all the games that they should win. I'll tell you what, Michael. I mean, Rob and I have been saying it all along. It's an extreme long shot for the Oilers to get in. If the day comes in the next two or three weeks where they are mathematically eliminated, where you can't even say there's a 1 in 1,000 chance, I don't think we're going to point to what's happened in the last six weeks of the season. We're going to point to the previous 27 games where they only won six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that that's that's what killed them was dropping that far behind. Uh, you know, going into February and then coming out of their their bye and All Star break. Absolutely, but I mean, like picking up four points is huge right now, is it not? Oh, oh. sure. I mean, they'd be five out instead of instead of seven out, so there'd be a little yeah. little bit more hope. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's that's a really interesting discussion, probably one that's a little more for, for the off season, but I think we can delve into it a little bit now. Whoever gets the final wild card position in the Western Conference is going to feel great. Mm-hmm. And like we've said with Tockett, he might win Coach of the Year. The GM of that team, though, is going to have to look at that roster and say this was this team is not good enough. Oh, absolutely. Because if you get 88 points, most years you're going to miss the playoffs by six points. Mm-hmm. You know, Arizona, well, Arizona's on pace. Yeah, to get around 88, 89 if they hold down the spot. Certainly, if even if the Oilers go on an amazing rally and somehow get in, whoever the GM winds up being is going to have to look at this roster, and we've talked about it a lot, and say. This is not good enough. So that, that's, that's to me, a really interesting story. The Arizonas, the Colorados, the Edmontons, Minnesotas of the world are going to have to say, we hung around in a playoff race or maybe we're the team that got in, but I got some flaws on my team. Well, you've got to decide what you want to be. Do you want to be a team that's going to challenge for a Stanley Cup or do you want to be a team that's going to challenge to be a playoff team? 
and none of the teams right now that are in this race are really considered Stanley Cup challengers right. and, or contenders. So I think all of these teams realize that and they know that they obviously you want to make the playoffs and you want to hopefully have you know have some magic come into you to your to your dressing room for for a few weeks or hopefully a few few months but consistently none of these teams are going to push for for a Stanley Cup and they know that and that's why all of these GMs in the, the offseason are going to have to figure out which players were pushing forward and which players were holding them back Oilers win tonight in overtime, 3-2 against the Coyotes. More of your phone calls, and you'll hear from Connor McDavid when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Larson broke his stick, opened Kramner, a shot, glove save, and a tricky one at that, made by Miko Koskinen. That was a sneaky good save. And it's the save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Miko Koskinen, 28 stops on the night. He gets the win. He's 22-16-4 on the season. The Oilers are 32-32-7. 3-2, they beat Arizona in overtime tonight. Two goals for McDavid, including the game winner. He also had an assist. He's up to 103 points on the season. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Well, we're not going to have to talk for the next two or three minutes, Rob, because we have Scott in Boston on the line. Go ahead, Scott. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, listen, I have two minutes for you, right? The, re- the reason I ask, see how my voice is hoarse, I just listened to a live band, so can you hear me? So you listen yeah. to a live band, why is your voice? Wouldn't it be your ears that would be I sore? I and scream with the music. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know if I'm worthy to be on the air. Give me a give me give me a minute, please, Reed. Yeah, go ahead. Reed, uh, <clears throat> let me clear my throat real quick. <clears throat> Rob, I don't know that we have trivia tonight, Brody. I've been scrolling through Kratzky's pictorial biography. I couldn't come up with anything. I think we may have taken that off on that one. All right. All right. You you rest up on your what? trivia. All right. I'll come up with something quick. I will. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna All come right, up with a me. trivia question for you while you're talking. Go ahead. Yeah, I would let me, love let me, that. I'll give you a minute, and then I'll find you a trivia. All right, that would be wicked cool. Give me one. All right, here we go. By the way, I put a, not a lot of money. It's a relative term, but I bet on Edmonton tonight. I said, this F, can I, I won't swear. This team is going <laughs> to... Arizona's been the punching bag of the league for 17 years. I Honestly, if Edmonton lost tonight... And they could have easily. I was going to call up and say, I love you, Reed. I love you, Rob. I'll talk to you in October. It's over. If you can't beat Arizona, you're going nowhere. They won. Yes, by a goal. You see McDavid step up tonight? Two goals and assist. He figured at every point. I hope he heard my call. Good job, kid, if you're listening. All right? Let me go about 20 more seconds, Reed. Then give me a trivia question. This is off topic. Do you guys follow March Madness, the call troops? Not, not nearly as much as I used to. I was more interested when you'd have players for three or four years. With all the one and dones, I'm not as interested. Hey, I'm not either. I'm a hockey guy, dude. But, but the reason I'm into it is Northeastern, who's produced a lot of good hockey players. Adam Gaudet, who plays for Vancouver, is a Northeastern kid. Northeastern made the tournament. Oops. So it just, they're probably going to lose first round, but it's pretty... 
Did my voice sound awful? It yeah, no, you're, 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 you got the Kathleen Turner you're, going right now. Here's your question, oh Scott. God. I, hear, I need to make a drink. Okay, Don't listen, hang up on me, Reed. No, listen yeah, up. Please. I got your question. Uh, Tom okay. Brady was Can drafted. Can I talk about the game real quick? Real quick, real quick. I'm please, asking please. you a trivia question. I want, all right, don't thump the call. Let me, let me, I want to talk about the game, too. That was a pit read. Literally, <laughs> give me 20 seconds, kid. T- tonight was a pivotal game for Edmonton. Yes. And everyone knows it. If they lost tonight, it's over. And I don't care. They won by one goal. You know what the point is? They won. As I tell Rob, I don't give a... I almost swore on the screen. Oh, be careful. No, just win today. And All guess right. what? Win your next game. This team can make the playoffs. I'm not kidding you. Scott, you need thing. listen, listen. Right. You need to answer the trivia question that I think this isn't you, my best think you call, do to go to bed. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, 199th overall by the Patriots in 2000. Yeah. What defensive Round. end did the Patriots take two oh, picks God. after Brady uh, out of Purdue? Uh, that's too obscure. No, I believe I he did. I thought you were going to say what round was he drafted in. He was drafted in round six. Yeah. Who did, he this like guy played three years in the NFL. Yeah. All right, let me bounce you one real quick off the top of my head. David Nugent. This is going to be so David stupid, Nugent. Ted's brother. Rob, you with me? How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. He just gave me an obscure one. I, yeah, I, yeah I, that was he too was hard. sixth round, by the way. Sixth round. Did you? Rob, this is totally off the top of my head. All okay. right. Oh, God. I'm ready. Do you have any green beer at the concert? No, I'm gonna do something wicked obscure. Um, where, where, where did, where did, um, give honestly, read uh, two seconds and hang up with me. Give me two seconds. We got Scott. All right, the best player on Calgary Flames is still. We have Johnny Goodrow. Where do you play? Where, where does he play college hockey? Where do he play college? Honestly, yes. I have no idea. Actually. They so it's a good question. Did you know how good he is, by the way? He's, he's an excellent hockey player. Excellent Johnny hockey Johnny Goodrow, come on. Johnny you know. Hockey. He played for BC. Did you Google it? You cheated. Did, I didn't he Google it. No, I was giving Rob a chance to figure it out, year. but I knew that. Do you got, can I say one thing? Let me close with this, guys. I'll close. Hello? I'm not on. You're on. Hello? Yes. You... Oh, I'm on. This is the you highlight guys, of my no, night. No, no, with all due respect, I love hockey so much. Western Canada. Do you guys have any idea how good college hockey is down here in Boston? So good. Johnny Goodrow, BC. Okay, you know Scott. McTee? We got to oh, go, one buddy. One more fact. We got to go. Reed. I'm going. We'll Reed, talk to you. I'm going. Done. We are going, Scott. We appreciate it, though. I can't believe Scott hung up on us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that was interesting. Um, he needs some rest. And if, he, he does. And a throat so lozenge. We, we love Scott. He needs a Hall's mental illness. But he, I think he needs some rest. It's 1.42 a.m. in Boston, and he was out at a concert. And yeah, we didn't yelling. even ask him who he was watching. Probably uh, that the, the the dropkick Murphys. Are they the one from Boston? Patrick's. Oh, no, he's probably watching. Pa- Patrick's impressed I named a band that didn't originate in the late No, he probably was watching. Isn't Backstreet Boys, aren't they from there, too? I don't know. I don't know Where either. Are they from? No, they're from the Backstreet. Yeah, Boston. Backst- <laughs> the Backstreet of Boston. <laughs> Points of securing those two points uh, in overtime. Yeah, that was good. Um, no good to get a win here. A building that we've struggled in for a long time. Um, you know, 
Obviously, it would have been nice to get it in regulation, but um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take it anyway. Hi, like you mentioned, it's a building that you guys have struggled in in the past. You guys were only able to muster four shots in the first. What was different about the mindset of the team tonight that allowed you guys to get those two points? Yeah, I thought uh, you know they came out and got the jump on us early. Um, you know, minus the shorthanded goal, I thought they were the better team in the first. Um, you know, Miko did uh, his typical thing and, and held us in there till uh, you know we got our feet going and, um, and we started to, to generate a little bit. But you know, it's a they're tough. They play scrappy hockey. They play uh, um, you know that that type of hockey. That's not necessarily pretty, but um, you know that's what wins games. Obviously, I mean they've been doing that, so you know, it's a good test for us to, to play against that. All right, that is McDavid. Two goals, overtime winner, 3-2. Edmonton takes it in Arizona. They're seven points out of a playoff spot. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Quick timeout, Canadian Brewhouse, overtime open line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. Oh, it's almost St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Rob's watching the highlights here of the Huskies and the Bears. Unfortunately, they're showing more of the kerfuffle at the end than the goals. Bears very frustrated with that. Hedy and Herber's on before the game. He didn't he, he didn't want to say much about it. Well, they, they should the be frustrated. Team. Yeah, I mean you're you're going for a national championship, the biggest game of the season. Some some of these guys the first and only chance ever to do this, and you have guys trying to take that opportunity away from you. So uh, good on the refereeing for not allowing any of the players to a get hurt, b have to miss out on the game, and look forward to a, a fun one. By the looks of the way, uh, UNB just UNB that they're playing. of the goals here. It should be an entertaining game and the, good for Oilers fans as they get to watch it first before the other game starts. Oilers win it 3-2 over Arizona. They play Vegas tomorrow. Nathaniel's on the line. Hey, Nathaniel, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, man. Hey, um, I have a bad reception here, but uh, first of all, I just wanted to comment on Matt Benning. Uh, yeah, his play... Nathaniel, did we lose you? We did. Well, <laughs> he wanted to comment on that. You talked about Benning earlier. Good good run Be- here for Benning. Benning's playing very, very well. I think with getting Sacra back, it, it certainly helped him. He doesn't have to carry the twosome, although uh, he has been as of late because he has been very, very good in scoring some very important goals lately. All right, Curtis on line one. Hey, Curtis. Hey, how's it going? Quite well. So what I wanted to ask is, is, obviously the season's running down. I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd love if they did. But in the off season, who do you think they have to move? Like, who do you think is kind of their dead weight per se? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think it's going to be hard to move Luch. Obviously. Yeah, no trade clause and all. I think what. I think what they're going to have to do... Well, okay, I don't think Reader's going to be back. He's a UFA, no, so you walk away from him. Obvious. Well, I, I really think what they're going to have to do, Curtis, and, and look, here's the reality of tonight's lineup. Colby Cave, Josh Curry, Joe Gambardella, and Sam Gagne have spent most of this season in the minors. I guess not Cave anymore, but he was claimed off waivers. So he was a healthy a scratch teams, so when he was in A lot Boston. of teams would perceive him to be a minor leaguer. Yeah. They need probably at least four forwards. And they yeah. need some forwards that can snipe some goals. Will they be able to afford it? I know That's a caller called in a couple of weeks ago 
And he he had the best suggestion for Lucic mm-hmm. because we get send him to the minors. Well, you can't. Well, you can't trade him for a draft pick. Well, no, no one no one's going to take, take that contract. Take that to, can't no. buy him. You can't buy him out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it at this point in the deal. Could you trade him to a team that is obviously in a bad spot and is not going to have a lot of salary and will need some money to stay above the cap floor? Could you trade him to Ottawa, retain maybe a couple million dollars? And then Ottawa Ottawa moves him. But then Ottawa has to go. Ottawa flips him to the West. Because he's got to go somewhere else. Because Lucic has final say where he goes. So he's not going to go somewhere. So you say, do you want to go live in L.A. again? You played for them for a year. Do you want to go home to Vancouver? Though I don't know if Vancouver would take him. And and I don't think they would. And, And I'm not sure L.A. would either. And the problem for that is, though, Curtis, is... The Oilers would probably have to give that team something else because they're kind of doing the Oilers a bit of a favor. And I would, I would vote to say Pugliarvi. I haven't liked him since he's been here. Well, that's a good point. Well, and actually, you before know. you can trade Pugliarvi, you got to sign him because is he not a restricted yeah, free agent this year? So, so they're going to have to sign Pugliarvi this year. summer. And which won't be a huge contract. Oh, well, it'll it'll be it'll be a fair it'll be a fair contract. <laughs> it's. I so they they'll have to sign him this summer before they can decide what they're going to do with him. And yeah. I mean, he was the fourth pick overall. He's their first round pick. You're just, you're just the the thing, and I understand why you're saying that, Curtis. The thing with that is you're not saving a lot of money if you jettison Puliyarvi, right? Yeah. So I mean, he like he's not worth anything right now, but he could be in a few years, kind of thing. But if he's worth something in a few years, then you're probably keeping him. Yeah. So that's that's the problem right now. Is he's he's not playing well for the others. So you want to get rid of him. If he plays well well for the others, then you want to keep him. Yeah, the others are playing like dogs. They have no wings. They, they don't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Curtis. Have a good night. Okay, I'll try to squeeze in a couple more guys here. Oilers win three two in overtime. We have Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, sorry, I'm in the drive-thru at McDonald's right now, so I might be... Well, <laughs> oh, give me some McNuggets. I want just six yeah, is fine. Coming up, coming up. <laughs> Nick Soilers wants today. But I just wanted to basically say, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm so proud of the team and uh, making it interesting down the stretch. But uh, what do you think it is that's making them play so good right now? Because I don't think depth is really playing any different now than before, but you think it's just like the hope of the playoff kind of thing? I think there's a desperation in their game. I think their goaltending has been very good, and their star players have been excellent. Yeah, Leon especially. I mean, mm-hmm. no. both Connor's, Leon. I mean, Connor's doing great, but we expect it. Leon's elevated. Yeah, but it's it's their superstars and their goaltending, and the desperation of their role players. Uh, quickly here, the Golden Bears will try to win back-to-back national titles with two different coaches. They also did that in '05 and '06. Who were the coaches? Glenn knew that they were Rob Dom and Eric Thurston, so he goes into the grand prize draw for face-off trivia. $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. AlpineCredits.ca. Terry, go ahead. Well, good evening, gentlemen. It is still evening, I hope, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm from the Brian Hall School. I don't like to criticize officials, but um, I spent most of my last 10 years in Arizona, and uh, I, I had a package there through Cox that probably is um, non-equivalent here in, in uh, Edmonton. Like, I mean, I could watch hockey all day long if I chose to. And I always found that there was a, a, a bias in favor of the Coyotes. 
you know, and, and I just that just irritated me. And I noticed it again tonight. Boy, oh boy, there were some soft calls, and then they tried to make make up some calls, and it was almost like it was almost obvious. But what do you guys say about that? You know, like I thought there was two bad calls in the game today. I thought the the one in front on Cassian when he was just creating space, and I thought the. The the interference on Gogliowski I thought was that, horrendous. That's one of the worst. Calls. That's that was that one. Was, so Arizona had the worst call in the whole game. I thought the refing other than that wasn't bad. Thanks, Terry. We got to run. Oilers get it done, three two in overtime, but still seven points out of a playoff spot. Right back at it tomorrow, six thirty faceoff show here on six thirty. Chad game at eight against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Oilers have won four straight on the road. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. You can get more on 630ched.com and uh, I put I tweeted out a link my account at Reed Wilkins of the highlight pack it includes Jack Michaels overtime call Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction this has been Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins take care talk to you tomorrow 630ched inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630ched